This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that dares to ask, what's the deal with all these comedians and their Seinfeld impressions? I'm your co-host, Yvette Dontremont. Here is my lovely co-host that can probably pronounce her own name, unlike me, Alice. Alice, how is your afternoon going so far? You know, I think I'm the only one who does not have a Seinfeld impression. But then again, I don't call myself a comedian. (laughs) Even porn stars have Seinfeld impressions. Yes, as we found out today, because we're reviewing Seinfeld porn. A porn about nothing. It was a porn about acquiring a porn from a porn Nazi. (gasps) It was so much fun. But I'm so excited because we also have a guest. We do have a guest. It's a good guest, too. We have Gianmarco Sorsi with us. Gianmarco, thank you for joining our little podcast. Thank you. I'm, I'm so excited. I've always been a Seinfeld fan, and this is a new area of the universe that I had yet to explore. So you haven't seen a parody porn before? No, no. I've seen I've seen a couple of parodies before. They're always interesting. Oh, which ones? Oh, which one? I think I saw a fresh. Prince of Bel-Air. There's a fresh... <laughs> oh. The one that was more upsetting was a Donald Trump-Hillary Clinton <sighs> debate one. Ah. I believe Nina Hartley was Hillary Clinton, if I'm remembering correctly. She's played Hillary in porn like six different times. So, yes, I've seen a number, maybe Friends. I dabble. It's always an interesting mix. The scenes are kind of funny. And it's yeah. the casting choices are always very interesting because they're always a little bit wrong. <laughs> Yes. That's fun. My biggest complaint about parodies, porn parodies in general, is like once they start having sex, their character relationships disappear. Like they don't hold on to that dynamic at all. And this is why, like, we have our handful of like favorites on the show that they do stay in character for the sex. And when that happens, they enter the pantheon of like the five films that are like our favorite and they're, they're few and far between, but they tend to have Evan Stone and or Tommy Pistol in them. Like, and we had Evan Stone in this one. He, he was the soup Nazi. Oh, that was okay. I didn't even recognize him at first. The makeup was that just the, those fucking eyebrows were that transformative. And you know what? You're right. Your point is so right. Cause there's one thing I know because I did watch the whole thing, the whole shebang, was Cheers. he dirty talked in character. He said yep. something about communism, maybe, or something that was like super specific <laughs> to whatever country that character is from. So, you know, good for him. So here's a kicker. The original Soup Nazi, um, going based off, you know, Seinfeld, which is based off, I guess, part of real life. So the original Soup Man is a chain of soup restaurants. What nationality is he? I think he's Middle Eastern, I want to say, because his name is like Yegnash. Uh, yeah. Ali Yegna. <laughs> I just want to pretend that he's from Kazakhstan because that mustache reminds me so much of Borat. And I know that's not where they intended him to be from, but I'm telling myself it's Kazakhstan. I'm going with that. Well, where I'm getting to is that this guy is from the Middle East, so it has nothing to do with communism. But you know what? I'll accept the spin because... He stayed in character. That's I, I care about commitment. They went for it, and I appreciate that. One of the funniest things, because whatever that soup guy, I think... He was just, he owned one soup store, the real person, then he made it into a chain. Yeah. But they can't call it Soup Nazi. Like, they're, they're, you know, that episode got in trouble in later years, so they advertise it as the Soup Man. Yeah. And it's just so funny because it's like, no, everyone knows you as the Soup Nazi, but you can't put Nazi on your sign. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting balance they strike. What's fascinating to me is that uh, the original Superman, unfortunately, they went under because in like 2017 for tax evasion. What? Really? Yeah. That's crazy. And uh, it reopened Aww. a physical like no location soup for back. Them. Yeah, no. No soup for them. <laughs> no, no government <laughs> soup for them either. Um, but they reopened in 2018. But apparently, the guy like back when you know he was getting all this attention for being the soup Nazi, kvetched about ruining his business and demanding an apology from Seinfeld. And let's be honest, he made his business after that. You know what? That would be an interesting. I don't think it's ever been done to investigate all the side businesses that came from Seinfeld. Because I also know like the guy who Kramer was based on, 
started doing walking tours what? in New York City. Like, I just oh imagine there are a series of businesses oh, yeah. that started because of Seinfeld. It's kind of like, I know uh, when Sex in the City was a big thing because we were like, oh my God, shock, women like vibrators. Ah. Um, like, there were uh, walking tours of Sex in the City and there were places where they're like, and they had brunch at this location for the, and they became the hot spots back in the day when we yeah. were that level of desperate for entertainment. Yeah, everybody still buys Magnolia cupcakes even though they're horrible. What? It's horrible. Are they bad? Oh, it sucks. They're just so overpriced. And it's only because of that show, Sex in the City. Seriously? Wow. Well, also that, that SNL rap. I thought that's what you were talking about. Don't they go go to Magnolia and you remember the rap about going to the movies together? Famous SNL oh rap. Oh my God. No, I'm sorry. Lazy Sunday. Yes! Lazy yes! Sunday. Wake up in the late afternoon. And they go to Magnolia's Ugh. and they eat. That's how I know Magnolia's. <laughs> you know it from Sex and the City. I know it from the rap on Saturday Night Live. Nice. The only rap that still sticks with me from SNL is the one where Natalie Portman talks about something about like it's fucking amazing. someone's oh neck after beheading them. It she was, was great. incredible. Like her, her yeah, commit, yeah, yeah. just the commitment level to that was, oh, I'm like, this is why she has an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that for a lip sync competition. I did that song. Oh my god! Because I love it. It's called Natalie's Rap. Oh, um, it's so good. I used nice. to know all the lyrics, and I'm embarrassed to say it's. Been- I sit right down on your face and take a shit. Natalie, you are a badass bitch. Yeah, I know the song. I can see that being your your go to at karaoke, Alice. Uh huh. Next to Shoop. <laughs> so, so I'll be honest <laughs> with you, Gian Marco. Um, so this is really embarrassing to say. But I didn't grow up on Seinfeld, and I started watching mm. Seinfeld two weeks ago, and I've gone through a couple seasons. That's impressive. That's wow. a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, so you started from the beginning. Yeah. Because Seinfeld's one of those shows where, like, the first season is really different, and yeah. you you just hope no one, like, gives up after that. Yeah. Like, but season three and four are, like... <laughs> the best. Yeah, when it settles into itself, it's just there's a rhythm and then you expect it in in each episode and it's like I've over the course of a bunch of years, I'm sure I've seen about 80% of the show just cuz it was on in reruns and they play it in like 4-hour blocks on TBS at one point in time, I think. But it's just I've seen most of it. Yeah. I start I restarted in quarantine cuz I got Hulu and I started from the beginning and every once in a while an episode would come on and I was like I've never seen this episode. I feel like that would probably happen if I sat down with him and be like, what? New Seinfeld? But the competition is the one that, like, if I'm getting someone to start, it's the competition where they, they see who can hold off masturbating the longest. They say, "Who's are you master of your domain? Oh, That's yeah. the, like, perfect episode. Okay, so we reviewed the Seinfeld porn parody today. There's a sequel, and it's based on that episode. <gasps> oh, that makes more sense than the porn Nazi to wow. be super fair. That should have been first. Well, now I want to know if, <laughs> if they're still in the parody sequel, if they're trying to hold off on masturbating, but they can fuck. That could be funny. There you go. Yeah, I'm sure there was not a lot of master that it was more fucking than masturbating in that yeah. one. Yeah. Was it the same cast? That's a great question. Um, I think some of them were the same. Like, I think James Dean was still like Seinfeld, which uh, so much, yeah. When you got an impression that good, you got to ride it. There's really, <laughs> yeah. I mean, was there anyone else who could have played that role? I mean, Tommy couldn't have, I don't think. Tommy is a chameleon. That's like, how true. many people has he sounded exactly? Like, he managed to do an Archer impression. He did Pee Wee Herman. Like, Archer and Pee Wee Herman have come out of him. Yeah. I'm just saying, there could have been this porn that did not have James seen in it. But this was kind of like pre-Tommy, so I guess like James was doing all the parodies at the time, so. When was this filmed? So this was filmed back in 2009, and I have to say, okay, so you watched... So this was before uh, we knew James Dean's issues. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But this is like before James Dean was even huge, right? 2009? I think he was big then. He was big? Premier? We'll do a quick internet search. James Dean. I don't know. Check Google Trends of when James Dean was big in the last several years. We'll see a spike somewhere. But I do know that this porn, it was directed and written by Leroy Myers. And we love Leroy because he writes some of our most favorite porns on the show. But Gian, he also did the Friends porn parody that you watched. 
Oh, yes. I probably saw scenes from it. So the year that this was made, he won AVN Male Performer of the Year and at age 22. So he was he'd been in the industry uh, since 2004. And yeah, that's so he was kind he was getting pretty big at that time. Okay, his issues were a long time from being outed. I watched a little bit of they do like a whole documentary after the thing about them getting cast. And it's it's very interesting because I'm I'm an actor and I started as an actor before I got to stand up. And it's just like the porn casting auditioning world. It's just a much more fast moving version than like an acting career. So, you know, they saw James Dean. They're like, you kind of look like Seinfeld. He got the part. (laughs) Or, you know, there's not a lot of callbacks. It's one initial audition and then they get it. But to see them do the sides was fascinating. Oh, yeah. It was really fascinating to be like, oh, you're just. We're all doing the same. It's the same process. I think it's just like condensed. Oh, yeah. Like the, we know that with the parodies, they take a little longer to do them. Uh, and they as uh, Leroy's told us, he's like, they take a little longer. They make a little less money, but they're a labor of love. But like they still are much more slapdash than a big studio, obviously. Yeah. And before we get into the porn, I mean, what a labor of love. I mean, aside from the casting of these characters, like you could tell who was it's who. So good. Jerry's apartment. I mean, guys, like it looked like a oh my freaking God. replica. Like it looked like they just walked on set. Yeah. Even down to like the cereal on the fridge. Just well done. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty vital. I think it's like they're like, we got to nail this one location. The rest can be anything. A porn scene on a picnic table for Kramer. That's fine but we got to get the apartment right. Oh my God. And I do appreciate how he said that he wanted to do in an interview, um, Leroy mentioned they wanted to do an episode where there was sex in the episode, but essentially that you could still watch it without the sex. And <laughs> I'd, I'd love if they tried. I'd love if they tried to put this on TV without the sex. <laughs> I got to give him a uh, uh, maybe like B minus on that, because if you take all of the scenes that did not have the fucking and add them together, it was maybe 22 minutes, which means one half hour episode. Sure, sure. So I think biggest problem from the get is this laugh track is out of control. It never stops. It's laughing the whole time. And then at the slightest indication of a punchline. Huge eruptive laughter, just constant. And then it disappears for the sex. I would have loved a random laugh insertion, you know, during the cum shot or something. Oh my God. That would have been an improvement. Like, I, I think that porn should just throw in like laugh tracks every so often just for funsies. Like, that's just, sure. just because I think it would, it would prime people for laughing during sex in real life. I think laughter during sex is, is it makes the experience better. Yeah, that actually, now yeah, that you sure. mention it, because it was a sitcom, would have appreciated that. But I, I know for some people it would take them out of the moment. But let's be honest. I mean, how much of a luxury do you have if you can listen to porn with the sound on? That's true. <laughs> Just... I did appreciate, though, in the beginning, so we start with Jerry opening, doing a joke on a stand-up stage, and, you know, his bit wasn't great, but... No. <laughs> I'm being very generous when I say not great. <laughs> it was it was bad. Really oh bad. Oh, my God. It didn't make sense. It also didn't make sense. He says, they call it pornography. But ography is to study. It's a study, you know, but really I'm studying my dick. They should call it dickography. Imagine that. You're like, I got to go home. I got to study my dick. <laughs> I got dickography. And the like, audience is going wild. It's, I feel like, here's the thing. I feel like if you look back at some of Seinfeld's humor from the 90s, some of it kind of, it's not that level of bad, but there are some of his things where he just kind of makes little little observations and you're like, was this supposed to be funny? Like some of them are, are, some of his stuff is still incredibly good and insightful, but some of it you're like, why did we think this was funny? But comedy ages faster and worse than any other type of sure. art form. So I just bought his book. I kind of have a love hate relationship where like I grew up with him. I love Seinfeld, but then it's weird. Like he'll drop in at comedy clubs and do 30 minutes. Yeah. And he's like, not like super like warm. Oh man. And, not not mean. Yeah, I, I have no like stories about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just like it's weird when it's like, uh, oh, if I see Jerry on stage, I'm like, fuck, my show's gonna start so late now. Oh, fuck, man. fuck. And uh, I read his his book where he just wrote out all his bits, and like it's just like that. Some of them are great, and some of them you're like, what the fuck 
So cotton balls are weird. And you're like, what? It's like, well, I needed to have a joke about a box of granola bars. If I didn't have that joke about every, absolutely everything, I needed a joke about, about a lamp. Just he needed a joke about everything. And some of those jokes are bad because not everything needed a joke. And James Dean's impression, it's a little bit too fast paced. He just did this and this is all he does. And uh, da, da, da. This, there's what? not levels. Yeah. Pornography, dickography. I'm studying dickography. <laughs> Now, that said, the English suffix graphy does mean field of stuffy, not ography. So they were slightly wrong there. Look, it's the Anglicization of the French graphy inherited from the Latin graphia, which is transliterated direct borrowing from the Greek. And I care about these facts, and I know our audience does. So all I'm saying is I want to point out that ography does not mean the study. It's the latter of the suffix, graphy. We want continuity. I would love if in the reviews for this, that was one of the big comments. Like, I was out from the beginning. We demand accuracy and continuity in our porn. These moments, they look, they kill our lady boners. We can't have this. All I ask is just do a Google search. Ography versus graphy. Graphy. Not that hard. James Dean. We're going to cancel James Dean over that now. He doesn't, I mean, only have to try murdering Joanna Angel, but also you make a shitty joke. I still feel bad that I did not look into those allegations before we had her on, like, and didn't know and asked her if she wanted to comment on it. I'm like, oh, God, I cringe every time I think about it. Yeah, that's rough. I did not know at all. Like, and it's like then looked up what happened. I'm like, oh, my God, I need to send her a fruit basket or throw myself off the side of the planet and never exist again. Like, it's just, yeah, he did awful, awful things. And somehow he's still allowed in the industry. Like, I get it that people can look at it and go, this is his work and how he behaves on set. But it's like, you guys know that he put her head in a sink and tried to kill her, right? Like, she oh, she almost, she thought she was going to die. But like, Also, a lot of stuff is self-produced. So, yeah. Yeah. How hard is it to wrangle people on Craigslist to do some, you know, hold a camera? Look, there are other penises to jerk off to. I'm just saying. The boobs are more are, are harder to replace. I'm just saying. I would find it harder to replace Lena Paul in my life than James Dean. Fun fact, actually. <laughs> so speaking of awards and productions, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, AVN award nominations came out. So uh, Gianmarco, Ooh. Uh, Ooh. yeah, AVN's the porn Oscars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Ooh. There's a new category. <gasps> yes. Best COVID porn. <gasps> wow. Oh my God. If we can get ourselves in to be presenters for anything, I want it to be this. I'm trying with Daddy Rios, Tony, if you're listening to this. Daddy Rios. Daddy Rios. I'll do what has to be done for this. I'm just asking for a podcast category because there's enough porn stars of podcasts at this point. We need one of those. Sure. But then we'll segue into hosting from there. We'll win that category for three years in a row and then host. We've been just parlaying this into friendships with most of the porn community. We're just, we've gone just the tip. We're trying to get the deep anal now. We're going, we're going for it. We're lubing them on up. Hosting the AVNs would be very cool. I just read, this is very uh, a white man of me, but uh, <laughs> David Foster Wallace did a whole like article about the AVN Awards. Have you guys ever read it? No. No, I'll check it out. It's so good. It's so good. I think there's been a lot of comedians who have hosted that. Liza Traeger, didn't she host yeah. one? Ari Spears. Um, yeah. Ari Spears. Let's see. Oh, um, Esther Koo. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like two years ago when I was first there. Nice. So there's a lot of comedians, you know, hosting as well as writing backstage. So um, here's my question. Gianmarco, are you aspiring to ever write for them as well? Sure. Listen, I am in no position to be uh, declining any kind of offer right now. Porn awards, cartoons for Nick Jr. I will say yes to whatever spectrum of things I need to. <laughs> I would love to. I'm I'm fascinated by the world. I think it's obviously, of course, like hosting it is is I'm sure it's a when you get famous enough to host it as like a stand-up comedian actor, yeah. you're also at a place where you have to decide what are, and this is not, this is just the reality of the world. What kind of consequences will this have on other sides of my career? But when I think about the kind of career I want to have, it is one that is honest and is not barred from hosting the AVN Awards. Because I think that's fucking very cool and fascinating and 
just to let you know, I'm I'm literally a talking head on the Weather Channel, and I have a podcast in which I review the plot lines in pornos. So, <laughs> it's, if if I am Weather Channel acceptable, like my day job is science communicator slash writer. So this is like clearly just going to the AV, like doing a, a thing at the AVNs, like for which I have I have my stuff plastered all over social media. You'll be fine. Oh, good. It's, it's good. fine. Yeah. In the Weather Channel's defense, all they heard was that you were talking about um, things being wet. So they may have gotten a little confused. There you go. Unlike Ben <laughs> Shapiro's wife's pussy. Sorry, those oh. jokes are never. I will keep making that joke until she has an orgasm, which will be wet. Never, never, never. Those jokes are going to keep going. They, those jokes are infinite. Sorry. Can't help myself. So going back to Seinfeld. So we should probably talk about this porn and what exactly happened in it. Indeed. Before we go through like a bit of a scene by scene breakdown, how would you summarize it to someone who hasn't watched it? Borrowing very generously from the plot of the actual soup Nazi, Jerry and Elaine are going to get porn. Now here's, I mean, here's the real, where the metaphor really falls apart. So the porn Nazi gets the best porn before everyone else. So it's it's like this amazing porn that he gets it a week before the regular blockbuster gets it. So Jerry gets his porn. Elaine, of course, uh, asks too many questions. And the, the porn Nazi goes, no porn for you. Jerry and Elaine go back. And Elaine's like, what's so special about this porn? And Jerry's like, let's watch it. And immediately they have sex. And boom, as I said before, they, they lose all dynamics of their relationship. I think Elaine would would be more uh, dominant than she was in that exchange. <laughs> they did date, though, so it's not out of character. Did they date or bang? No, no, they dated. Okay, okay. And then the end of the second season, they thought, or one of the seasons, they thought it would be the end of the show. So it's intimated that they get back together. Like, they tried to make that as a cliffhanger so NBC would keep it going. But then they immediately abandoned it. And the only time they have sex again is on the show is the episode where they talk about women faking orgasms. And Jerry's like, oh, were you faking it with me? And then they have sex, and Jerry can't get it up for some other reason. (laughs) But, like, Jerry would never fuck on the couch. (laughs) There is no way, That's very true. not in a million years. So they have sex. It has no consequences on their long-term friendship. Doesn't fuck anything up. Then you meet the rest of the cast. Just an interruption. I feel like we should name the episode Jerry Would Never Fuck on the Couch. Jerry Would Never Fuck on the Couch. For sure. And also, let's remind us, his name is not Jerry in this. It's Gary. It's a Gary. Who are the four? So it's it's not Elaine, it's Elena, I believe. And we have instead of Kramer, we have Kramer. Which is a perfect, perfect porn name. Kramer. Kramer. But then here's the worst one. Instead of George, it is Gorge. Uh, which is truly hey, gorgeous. Turns everyone off. It's so we meet them. First of all, let me say, for my money, you agree with me or not? I think Elaine, who played Elaine? Oh, that's a great question. Hold on. Uh she was by far the best cast of them all. Best impression, closest to the real Elaine. Christina Rose. Okay, she was good. Yeah, she was pretty damn good. She nailed it. She nailed it. Then we meet Gorge. I would pay money to, and I'm sure he has, Jason Alexander, who played George. I would just love for him to see (laughs) how they viewed him (laughs) in this casting decision. If ever there's a porn parody made of me for whatever reason, you you better believe I'm watching it. Like, I want to know. That is a YouTube reaction video I want to see. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, what? I, I don't look like this. I'm not this. It's the kind of character where the moment you see him, you're like, oh, so we're not going to see George have sex. But I'm kind of okay with not seeing George Costanza's penis. I don't know. I'm kind of okay with that. But this is purposely, this man is is also dressed to accentuate the worst aspects Mm. of his personality. And they go so, like, they decide that's the thing about George, is that he's so gross. Jerry's dating this woman who just has orgasms. With everything. Everywhere. With everything. And until George speaks to her, and he's so unappealing that she you know, becomes dry as a desert 
and no longer wants to come at all. Wow. Yeah. And then you got Kramer, which is like somehow slightly accurate, yet so deeply wrong. Kramer. Kramer. He has the fidgety thing, but he talks. He has the hair. He has the hair, but he talks like kind of slow and not in a way Kramer would talk at all. He doesn't have the jitteriness and the and the going with the, it. He's, there's something wrong with, yeah. He did not capture the essence of Kramer. The good news is that we know that that porn actor was not on coke. Yes, that's true. That's true. And he does not use any racial slurs throughout the whole thing, unlike the real Kramer. So again, another inaccuracy. Hey, in the real Kramer's defense that we know of, he didn't, in 10 years of Seinfeld, when he was strictly on a script, never once did he use a racial slur. But then as soon as he didn't think the cameras were rolling, he, ah, that happened. Is it really method acting unless you're truly <laughs> yeah, yeah, personifying exactly. what they are? their best and their worst moments. Oh, that video is something. Oh, that video is wild. If you ever see it in full, it was like right in the beginning of YouTube. They always say that YouTube like became famous partly because of the Janet Jackson Super Bowl Justin Timberlake thing. That like everyone sense. was like, how do we see that video now? YouTube. More accurately, how do we see that nipple? Like people just wanted to see a nipple. It's, we, that was the biggest thing that had ever happened to people was a nipple. Yeah. And Kramer was one of those early, like, oh, his career is done. He was canceled before canceling. I don't remember this. Oh, so he's at the Laugh Factory. Oh, my God. And he was, I've heard that he was not a, like, super great stand-up comedian. He's getting heckled or there's audience members talking. And he just starts screaming at them. He starts screaming the N-word like crazy. Oh, yeah. And he's like, back in the day, I would have... He says, like, I'd have you upside down with a fork in your ass. Yeah, like, it was not just a... like Because, like, George Carlin used the N-word in context to talk about the use of language in his uh, in his act. And I don't know if those are things that would be acceptable nowadays, but at the time, he wasn't using it to scream it at a person. And there's a big... Like, it's just... Nobody... I don't think anybody can honestly look at Michael Richards screaming it at a group of black people oh, yeah. and be like, oh no, it was context. It was fun. No. The best part, like as a stand-up comedian, he at one point, he kind of sees how bad this all is. And he tries to like make it like, he goes, oh, you see, I said the words. Like he tries to turn it into <sighs> a bit after the fact. And it clearly is disastrous. I mean, like he can't, but he tries he tries. It's like Alex Jones saying to the judge, no, this is all an act. Really, yes, Alex? Yes. Like, you, you've taken this too far for us to believe that. Nope. It's just so bad and, like, so long and so... I mean, I think the thing that's really unsettling is it truly is so angry. It's not a yeah. bit that goes awry, but, like, it is so viscerally angry that you're like, yo, he means this shit. And this was all because of a heckler? Yeah, it's like it's not like he slipped and said the N word with a rap song that ha that had the word in it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. This was a this was a decision he kept making for three minutes. So here's a question: You've done stand up enough times. Have you ever been pissed off enough at a heckler? I'm not saying that you're going to slip into that, but like, what's what have been some of your worst heckler moments? I've called people a cunt before, and I, I use cunt probably a little too freely. Oh, no, no, no. We use, approve. I, I use my cunt every day. It's my favorite body type. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like, use the top shelf, shelf swears. It's your stage time. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, you have to keep in mind, it was, it was a year in, maybe two years in, and it was like a really shitty bar show, and there was this, some woman was having a birthday party, and she was just talking the whole time. At some point, it like got so intense. Like I thought we were like, joking back and forth and then she like clearly i pissed her off somehow because every joke she'd be like okay oh wow that's really funny and she just like like brutal uh, uh. and then at the end and i was wearing like a people can't always tell i have a temper or that like that's a side of me i can be very smiley and at the end i said all right i guess that's it i hope you get hit by a car you fucking cut <laughs> and everyone went Ooh. <laughs> And I'm a bad person because that made me I like if I'd been to the club, I would have laughed so hard. <laughs> I mean, I felt humiliated. It, it was such a bad bomb. But also I thought it was so funny because people were more offended by the cunt as opposed to the fact Hit that I wished physical harm on this person. But they go, well, you can't say cunt. So 
I would argue that when you're that fired up, you might let slip a word that deep down you maybe have said a lot, which in my case is cunt. And it's like, if someone says the N-word as many times as he did, you would be right, I think, to be suspicious that this is some word that is in your head more frequently that you've said or that you are thinking readily. Because I do think readily, what a fucking cunt. With men and women. I try to call men cunts just as much as I do women. That's my solution. (laughs) Equal opportunity. Cunt equality. I like Like, it. Like, I call women dicks all the time. Yeah. Sure. Indeed. And honestly, I don't care what you have down there. You, you have a cunt or a dick. I'm going to call you one or the other anyway. This is a progress that liberals want. My brother is trans, so I just call him an asshole. That has stayed the same. So that's what I'd say as a comedian. I probably, I say bitch too much, but I also work in a club where like bitch is used not as an insult. There's just a lot of like bitch. And yeah. I will go to places where it's like an all-white audience in Connecticut, and you all talk to an audience, and I'm like, bitch, what are you talking about? And when I say bitch, the audience is like, whoa, why would you say, why would you call her a bitch? You're using salty language. She just came from her cotillion. So that's what I'd say. So this Kramer in this porn parody, for me, something about it, and if you watch the documentary, apparently he didn't, they said, "Mm, it's not quite right. They said, go, you know, work on it, come back in an hour. And I guess when he came back in an hour, he had what is a good actor moment. He walked in the door like Kramer and they were like, you have the role. But really, their first impulse was correct. He was not right for this. I just wish there were more men in porn acting that you could choose from. The the options are so slim. That's also the other problem. Yeah, sure. You already have a small talent pool of men anyway. Then it's like men who can act who look like a certain person. Good luck. Yeah. 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 But that said, I did like the storyline that they did with Kramer in this. Kramer. I'm sorry. But he can't find porn to get himself off on. So he decides to make his own porn. And he just happens to stumble upon a porn set. He gets involved, obviously. But then... Afterwards, <laughs> and this does seem like the kind of hijinks that Kramer, where Kramer would get into in the real series. Right? So I'm like, okay, I, I'm on board for it. This was a good seed to plant for this. I like that. And of course, Sasha Gray would be involved. Now, this is pre-famous, super famous Sasha Gray. No, I, too, I, I think she was famous at that time, too. Doesn't this seem like a, like a smaller role, like a smaller... You're part of a threesome. We've seen some porn stars show up for tiny, like Nina Hartley was in, uh, I, I think, The Wizard of Oz Triple X, and she had a relatively small role in there. It seemed almost like a cameo. If you watch the Star Wars uh, porn parody, it's 90% cameos. Yeah. Really? Sasha Gray was the female performer of the year in 2008, so year before this. Okay. There we go. I think what was so interesting, I don't know if this happens a lot in porn parody, but a lot of feels like it's seen sex scene blackout goes to something new but this parody the Kramer scene like they finish and then they go back into plot where he's like standing there like whoa what just happened and they they get you know the paper towel roll and it's very like oh wow this is a it was just interesting to me to see it go back into the sitcom before it just like washed its hands of the porn section I do also like that they kind of translated this into, okay, so now Kramer is going to end up shooting uh, porn and he ends up so the audience knows. Uh, so George uh, has a kind of lackluster sex life uh, with his fiance Suzanne. And what Kramer decides to do is spice it up. Gorge comes in assuming he's going to be into sex scene, but it, Suzanne ends up boning someone else. Kramer films it. So he directs yes. this porn, which, you know, Kramer would totally direct a porn. Yeah. Yes. I could see that being a plot of Seinfeld. Absolutely. Well, of course, I directed a porn. You really have to lean into, so George thinks he's going to be in the porn with his fiance. And Kramer's like, no, no, no. I've hired someone else. You're not even going to be here. That's a plot point to me. I was like, what are you, what is happening? Their relationship survived it. Like you picture that being a conversation between Jerry and, and George like out. And it's like, I couldn't be in the room. Couldn't be in the room. Like I just, I picture the conversation about that. I think they really though, 
missed opportunity that it should have turned into, would it be called a, a cuck scene? Oh, yeah, oh. fair. In the documentary, again, I learned so much from 10 minutes of this documentary, where Gorge, the guy who played Gorge was like, clearly this is not someone who, who wants to do a sex scene. But I feel like that was the ideal for a, a cuck scene. I've never been quite into that myself. But if his fiance is going to be made love to by a porn star, he should be there watching, of course. At least have a glass of water ready for her. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I haven't gotten to the part where we have Norman uh, in Seinfeld. I have not watched up until then. Newman. New, yeah, sorry. We have mm-hmm. Newman. Yeah, we have the Newman version, uh, Norman, in the porn. Yeah. Yeah. Who is supposed to take this film and who is he, is he supposed to deliver it to? Because he accidentally drops it at the soup Nazi, poor Nazis video store. Yes, that that was another thing I missed. I don't know who he was supposed to be shipping it to. Yeah. Like, where would you bring it to? <laughs> An editor? A distributor? Just randomly is like, I'll drop it here. This seems fine. But I have to say, I'm impressed because there must be this whole back-end operation that the poor Nazi has of replicating videos. Um, by the way, I've never worked at a Blockbuster before, so how does this work? Do you replicate your own videos? Do you just get a box of videos? I don't know. I know how this Ooh. works, kind of. So it costs them something like $100 per... Back in the day, it would cost them like $100 per DVD or cassette that they bought. And basically, after a certain number of rentals, they make that money back. Uh, and they cannot copy them. So he had the only version. But this was back when it was like... When you say they cannot copy them, you mean like they're like, please don't do this. No, they could not. Or, like from the versions that they had, I believe they could not copy them. That was what I was told. At least I was, you know, I don't know if that was a lie, but that was it was like they bought a really expensive one and just had to, you know, make their money renting them out. I really um, miss that. You know, I've always wanted to write about it for stand up where because I feel like the video store, my video store, and I think a lot of people's video stores, they had their adult section in the back. And like the draw of like wanting to go into this little side room. There wasn't a door. It just said adults only. But you knew they had cameras there. And you were just, it was just like, oh, I would do anything to go behind. And then the internet just blew it, blew mm-hmm. it to pieces. But the excitement of that and the being like one day I get to go in that room. Nowadays, you just have to lie about your age online. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. If only, like, I, I wish we could recreate that experience for you somehow, Jan Marco, but we can't. I know, it's over. There are still a number, I mean, pre-pandemic when I used to go into stores. Um, and, and be around people. Yeah, when I've gone to sex shops, I've seen a handful that have like a VHS section in the back, but it's not the same because it's not like the family friendly, like you can't rent like all dogs yeah. go to heaven you know, in the front and then, you know, well, what's happening at your sex shop? My, mine has a whole Disney. Uh, huh. I wish we could somehow recreate it. Like there's no modern day equivalent of that where there's something family friendly in the front, but disgusting in the back. Maybe like a Popeye's or Checkers is like similar, but that's it. Sure, sure. But yeah, so what ends up happening is uh, the sex tape that's shot of Suzanne and not Gorge, but like Suzanne being with another man is now being distributed at the poor Nazi. Yeah. And there's also this like C plot where Elaine did get some porn by sleeping with the porn Nazi's assistant. Oh, she gets a list of his new releases from his secret distributor. Yes. And then the porn Nazi sleeps with Gary's ex who has orgasms all the time. That was, I thought, if I'm thinking about like what were the funny jokes... I did think it was funny where Gary breaks up with his girlfriend because she has orgasms all the time and he's listing off all the places she had orgasms. And it's like the museum, the post office. I think he said the 9-11 memorial. Yes. I thought that was funny. I did laugh nice. at that. And who here, raise your hand if you haven't had an orgasm at the 9-11 memorial. Not oh yet, but it's God. on my to-do list. Never forget, there's only a very few ways that you can pay tribute and pay your respects. <laughs> okay, so is it just the final scene coming up? Because the final yeah. scene is truly the most ridiculous thing in this entire... So so all that is resolved. Yeah. All that just goes away. Elaine, uh, what's her name in this? Elena. Elena. Yeah. Elena. And by the way, I have to say, I'm, I'm very proud of her for even naming names of, you know, new releases coming up, like Stick It In My Duty Hole 72. Yeah, I mean, class. that's a classic. Right. 
I guess that that was always like hopefully that joke is like hack. But I remember back in the day, part of like the porn joke was crazy title and then a number that suggested there had been so many of these. So it'd be like, you know, anal moms, 54. And you're like, whoa. Before we got into this, we thought it was a joke, but we have friends who are like very proud of their work in like MILF Hunter 17. Like it, it's, and I sure, get it, sure. that's a made up title. No, but no, like, no, no. There's a MILF Hunter series. I feel like we've discussed this. There are a handful of them that are long running series that like when we hear our friends be like, and, and I'm proud of my work in the series in numbers four, six, and 12. And it's like, Wow. Bill Hunter was my first like series what that I watched like on LimeWire or whatever. And it was this nice. glorious time. It was this glorious time. I wish I could go back to it. Where when I first saw Milf Hunter, he just like goes, he goes to the grocery store, finds a you know, 22-year-old mom, and they have sex. <laughs> but this was this was back when I thought it was real. Aww. And there was this moment Aww. of you know being 14 and being like, this dude. Just walked to the grocery store, (laughs) found this smoking hot woman, and and he was schlubby. Like he was a schlubby guy. And like I was like, whoa, adulthood is amazing. And then it wasn't until I saw that woman like in a porn again two years later that I was like, that's so weird. She must have gone (laughs) from this into the porn industry. This mom gets around. That was a fun time when I really believed it was real. Then when you see you're in a triple penetration one, you're like, I have my suspicions about that first movie now. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if she's even a mother. So then Gary performs on stage just randomly and an (sighs) audience member, a totally non-character we have not seen before, just gets on stage and they fuck on stage which is been my dream since the beginning of stand-up comedy insane in front of everybody the laugh track goes away i would have loved it if you really heard the audience go what the fuck is going on like i just can't even imagine i've seen jerry seinfeld perform on stage and if an audience member just hopped on stage and they started fucking it would be i mean it'd be incredible it would be an incredible thing to witness. Like, it would not be porno sex. It would be awkward, and I say this as a Jew, awkward, nerdy Jewish sex, like with a 50-something-year-old. So that would be worth the price of admission just because that would be funnier than anything Jerry Seinfeld is producing anymore. <laughs> I mean, one of the few reasons he would probably do it is to help revitalize New York because he believes New York is in dead. So, I mean, Jerry, you need to prove it. Sure. Jerry, Save New York. Get whip out your dick on stage. I'm telling you, have a reverse me too. It'll work. Totally. Totally. <laughs> it will not. Don't take my advice. Me too. I know that was a thing. If you like do enough reverse me too's, then you're you're okay again. Oh. Harvey Weinstein's in prison doing a lot of reverse me too's oh, right now. God. And eventually oh. he'll be okay. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm just like, but how many more reverse me twos does Bill Cosby have to do? Oh, God. No, there will never be enough for, for either There's of those never, two. It's never enough. Never enough. Oh, no. They're going to be getting some. Oh, God. I hate that we're joking about this. this is, it's, no. Next. Next. Nope. Nope. It's tragic oh, and horrible. Man. And we have to laugh about it because what else do we do? Cry? Yeah. Of course. Exactly. So I think the parody really fell apart for me at the end. I don't know who this new character is. I would have rather had like a double team with Elaine or just something. Keep it in the cast. I don't have any investment in this random fan. And Jerry would never. Do you remember there's a video went viral a couple of years ago where like Kesha saw Jerry Seinfeld at an event yeah. and was like, Jerry, give me a hug. And he was like, like eh, uh... that's okay. This is not a guy who fucks a stranger on a stage. No. Doesn't fuck on a couch. No. This is a Jerry keeps it to the bedroom, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. And I'd rather than make a parody. One of the things Jerry people have been talking about, I don't know if you know that when he was 33, dated he dated 18. a 17-year-old. Oh, a 17. 17-year-old. Oh shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was kind of a scandal too. Yeah, but but like it was like one of the things it was scandal. so interesting. There was an episode where Jeff Ross, who's a comedian who recently got in trouble. Oh, yeah. You know, but kind of like after the fact where when he was 33, 
Uh, he allegedly dated a 15-year-old for three years. It's Jesus. very funny to use the word allegedly when you're talking about dating for three years. Yeah, it's allegedly. He That he happened. Allegedly. That shit <laughs> happened. And we need to... Oh, my God. But I was watching an episode of Seinfeld during this quarantine. I was going through... And there's an episode. They're pitching a show to NBC. And George gets in trouble because when he's at the NBC executive's house, his 15-year-old daughter, and she's clearly 22... But his 15-year-old daughter, who's very uh, a buxomist, bends over and, and George gets caught looking at her cleavage. And there's a scene later where Elaine's like, George, how could you? And Jerry's like, you don't understand. We're, we're pre-programmed. We see cleavage. We got to look. And, and then you hear the sitcom laughter. And I think what's so interesting about sitcoms when they joke about something that as a society we've now deemed as like, that's a no-no. Like, as a society, we would never joke about an older man getting caught checking out a 15-year-old's cleavage. But when you hear it in the sitcom, you hear the laughter, and it just goes to show it was so accepted at this point that it was like a point of, like, great laughter and, oh, 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 what a silly thing. Well, it's it's funny. uh, Like, some of the older, some of, like, the 50-ish year old male comedians, they're, like, they go on a lot of rants about the kids these days now. And, like, some of their material, like, they're still funny. I'm not saying they're not funny. I've I've grew up on their material. I think some of their material, like, they hear some of their jokes that are kind of, you know, dated falling flat and they're mad at the audience instead of going, yes. I have 95% of my material that's still great. Comedy ages, maybe I should just update it a little bit. Like, Sure. Seinfeld was a, has been very upset about that. Yeah. It's also hard to write evergreen jokes. I mean, it's so oh, difficult. Yeah. I mean, stuff changes all the fucking time. Yeah. The bit that Seinfeld was like so upset about, he's talked about it, where he talked about like scrolling through contacts on your phone and he's like oh it's like i'm like i'm some kind of gay french king and like first of all that's not even a joke it's not even that good a joke a joke needs a setup and a punchline and that's that had neither yeah and it's it's also just i doubt people got really upset about it like i'm sure they were just like okay it just wasn't funny like and it's also just you could just say french king but it was one of these things where you're like uh, yeah, sure. You're like, okay, Uncle Jerry, like, it's, why, why did you want us to laugh? Like, it's like, it was a perfectly whatever comment. We're, it's like, we were supposed to laugh? Yes, I think there are plenty of, of arguments and discussions about comedy and certain things where it's like, are we being oversensitive or, but like this particular joke, is not one we need to go to the battlefield for. Yeah, it's like, we don't need to, I don't think anyone's too mad at it, but also I think Jerry was mad that no one laughed. Like, it's like, they're too- That was the thing. Yeah, it's like, you're too sensitive. It's like, no one's, you just, it wasn't, like, I think he's he's mad that the laughter has calmed down. It's like- That's that's the thing. And that's what I think the upsetness is, is I'm sure there was a time in the 80s where, you know, not a lot of people knew gay people or had a gay friend where, like, a gay French king and people be like, oh, my God, amazing, yeah. amazing. It's like he's gay. And then it's just, we've moved on. It's expired. But it's like every every comedy trailblazer is amazing when they're first out. And we look back at stuff 20 years later. So is comedy a young person's game? I don't think it's, it's, it's more like if you continue to write new material and you have friends and you talk to younger people, then you get to know it. I mean, that's always the divide. And like, I always feel a certain degree of sympathy where like, I know older comedians, you you might know them famous older comedians, but I know the people on the road in the fifties and sixties and they're, you know, they're still killing on the road. And I do think it's confusing for them. They, they get in trouble online or they, they go and they perform in Brooklyn and go, what the fuck's going on? We have to remember those of us in liberal circles that like not everyone lives in our world. And it's, it's more just being like, these people just don't interact with it. So I think if you're going to be a good comedian, especially if you have fame and you have the capacity, you need to interact with these different worlds, but it's tough. Continuing to be a good comedian as you get older is definitely tough. Yeah. And you're either up for the challenge or you're going to bitch about it. 
without ever trying to learn. And part of it is that you're mad that the world is changing. And almost by default, the reason the world is changing is the kids. And yes, and the kids are mad at you because you're the ass. They look at you and go, you're the reason the world is why it is. So and Jerry is by death. I mean, Jerry is one of those where he has milked his old material for all it's worth, which I don't I don't blame him for. Yeah. But his it felt like with that bit in particular, he was mad about that it had an expiration date. And I think a lot of great older comedians, they just write new stuff. Yeah. And Jerry might not want to write new stuff. He's busy hosting soirees. But then host your soiree and enjoy that you get that in your life. You know who's written new material every, like Patton Oswalt, every single fucking thing he writes is gold and is brand new. Uh, Hasn't complained about the kids yet. Sure. But also like, he also has gotten a pass. Talk about someone who has some old material that if you really wanted to, is is very problematic in today's. So I also understand where like older comics are like, we're very selective in who we get upset about. And if you're a comedian and you really know the full breadth of these comedians, you're like, they were all problematic in the 90s. Even the ones we love of now, course. they all were problematic. Yeah, not just Andrew Dice Clay. But Jerry's also like, he's doing fine. More than fine. He's like, oh, I can't, I'm not, I don't even want to perform colleges anymore. Why the fuck would you want to perform colleges anymore, Jerry? Yeah, don't. You have other places that will hire you. It's like the fact that he's complaining about not working colleges. I'm like, yeah, the American Farm Bureau doesn't hire me anymore, darn. Like, Exactly. I guess for me, I've, I feel like I'm getting older and I, I'm slowly but surely looking at the young kids and I'm like, what's going on? Because like in 2020, we've realized that the new form of comedy is lip syncing. And don't get me wrong, some of those videos are hysterical. But at the same time, this is why I appreciate comedians on Twitter because you're still working on bits. You're still fleshing out new content. But then you sure. go on places like Instagram Reels or uh, TikTok and you're like, oh, someone made a whole career off just pretending to be Donald Trump and quoting him. Well, I mean, Sarah Cooper is, she also did, like, Sarah Cooper I did stand know. up along with that. But I, you know what I'm talking about, though. Like, she's built her career off, yeah. I know, I know. The, I mean, good for her. Good for her. The fact that enough people got enough joy out of that for her to get a series. It was good editing on her part. Yeah. I, I will give her oh, that. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I think for me, I'm a little annoyed of how much, like, you go on TikTok and it's every fucking person lip syncing. And I just, I don't know. But call me old. I don't know. That's not my TikTok. I feel like you might be liking too many of these I love videos. TikTok. I don't. What? TikTok makes me happy. My TikTok does not have a lot of lip sync. I get that in home improvement videos. <laughs> that is on you. It's my like happy corner of the internet. No one's too angry on TikTok. It's just cooking videos. And again, this is based on what you're liking. There is plenty of angry TikTok too. <laughs> yeah, TikTok I, has I'm some. Not surprised. I have a friend. She has a kid, and she hosted on some conspiracy TikTok that she liked uh, once, and now all of it is just like pedophilia, conspiracy, oh government God. TikTok videos. So, like, there are very dark corners to TikTok. Oh no! I like to remind people of this: the number of pedophiles that QAnon is responsible for hunting down and arresting it still counts at zero. So I'll I'll amend that when that changes. I don't think I'll have to change that anytime soon. The only thing that I want to eventually go back and look up on TikTok is so Yvette, you know this, that, you know, so we were at Tom Arnold's place and his kid was on TikTok for like, oh my God, we have to find Quinn's fucking account. So Tom Arnold's kid, we'll just pick up Tom's phone or his phone and I'll just start recording whatever conversation Tom's having. Doesn't matter how important or non-important. And sometimes Tom Arnold's on the phone with like Michael Cohen, uh, um, Donald Trump's former lawyer. Sometimes he's on the phone with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And like sometimes Nancy Pelosi. Sure, sure. There's an account. Someone find it. We found Claudia Conway. Someone find Quinn. We need to find that fucking TikTok account. I'm pretty sure I could ask Tom and he would tell me. That would take all the fun out of it. Yeah, I know. It's just the chase is good. I want the needle in a haystack. (laughs) We'll find it eventually. All right. So any additional thoughts on this porn? Because I feel like I've got nothing. I mean, I really enjoyed uh, Evan Stone in it. Like, I thought he did an amazing... Like, he was the porn Nazi. Like, I'm always up for what... Like, he's he's one of the porn stars that, like, if he's in there, I'm like, okay, I'll whip out the vibrator for this one. So I was happy with that. But yeah, like, that was... It wasn't bad. It could have been better. I, 
B. I'll give it a B. I just think if I'm going to see a parody, I only want to see people I have an investment in. And in a show like Seinfeld, sure, it's difficult because it's it's four main characters. But like, I would rather see Elaine fuck all three and like make George, you know, maybe get a, a more a more aesthetically appealing George. And let's see Elaine one at a time, and then all four together. Like that's all. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think it's like if I see random characters, I'm like, who cares? Now it's just a regular porn. So I have to give it a C, and I acknowledge it's difficult with a show like Seinfeld. I'm going to give it an A- minus just because there was so much good about it. There was so much continuity. You saw effort in the set. You saw effort in the costuming. I mean, yeah, we can kvetch, you know, all night long about, like, how the characters weren't perfect. And you're right. I mean... There are extra, you know, women in it, but in every parody, there's always like, for example, like in the Star Wars porn parody, they made the stormtroopers women so they could have endless women, not just Leia. So they yeah, have yeah, to yeah. work around some stuff, and I get it. So I, I'm going to give them a break on that. I, I have to say, though, overall, without the sex, would still watch. So for that reason, yeah. sure. wasn't perfect in, you know, all the places, but A minus. Not the worst, not the best, but the fact that we're sitting here going, here are all the improvements they can make. Like, I, that's why I docked them down to a B. So, so Gian Marco, you have a special out. Where can our listeners find that? Sure. So, I have a special called Shelf Life. I filmed it outside. It was kind of all material. I wrote this hellish year of coronavirus. It's on Amazon Prime. Just look up my name or look up Shelf Life. And uh, otherwise, find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Gianmarco Ceresi. Oh, man. Did I just, like, kvetch about, like, you lip-syncing or something because you just said you no, have a no, TikTok? No, no, I'm not. I, I, I tried one lip-sync parody, and it, it bombed. So I just tell jokes on there. Okay. I'm totally going to do some lip-sync parodies and be like, hey, Alice, you're going to love this. Oh, and fuck just off. Keep, keep sending them to you. All right. And we're going to link to all those places in the show notes. So, guys, check out his special. He's hysterical. And uh, if you want to listen to... Uh, your first time getting back into stand-up during the pandemic, listen to uh, the Patreon episode that we have uh, that we recorded before we started the show. So guys, hop on over to patreon.com slash two girls on mic or go to two girls on hit the support button and listen to that. It's 15, 20 minutes of us talking. It's great. We talk about uh, Zoom shows, pandemic comedy on truck beds. What more can you want? And Yvette, where can our listeners find you? Y'all can find me at the Cybabe on Twitter and Instagram and over at Facebook.com slash Cybabe where I am snarky and sciency and have bi-weekly live streams where I try to explain the current hellscape of the COVIDs that we are in. Alice, where can our listeners find you and all of the podcast things? Guys, you could find the podcast at TGOM Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. By the way, if I'm not posting a lot on Facebook, it's because I'm banned as I'm recording this for like in our 21 days because I said the word Pornhub and I may have linked to it accidentally. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a thing that happened. She's 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 in jail. Wow. She's in Facebook jail. In my defense, I told people to follow us on the free speech platform and I said to Pornhub. I wasn't wrong. And yeah. then people said, well, will you actually link to your Pornhub and the show? So we actually do have a Pornhub account for the podcast. Yeah. My mom is so proud. <laughs> and I upload episodes there. I haven't done so in a while, so I, I need to sit back down and do it again because, yeah. guys, I care about you discovering the show even when you have your dick in your hand. Um, I figure that way people are listening to us talking about porn while they're watching porn, and that way like they've got cover for if someone's like, what are you doing? Just listening to a podcast. Gianmarco, how do you feel about eventually being on Pornhub? That sounds great. It sounds good to me. You know, it's always been my, it's always been my dream. And I, it hasn't happened yet that I go on Pornhub and someone I knew, like, from when I was a kid, I see them and I'm like, oh, like, from my grade. Oh, man. That would be so cool. It hasn't happened yet. The problem is there's definitely nobody from, like, high school or, or junior high school that I'm like, yeah, I want to see them naked. No one? Not a, there's, no I mean, one? I, 
I banged one guy that I went to high school with a decade ago at my my ten year high school reunion. I don't want to wow. see him naked again. Like it's for the I record. See. For the record, he was the prom king. Anyways, I'm like at that, but that was uh yeah. There's no one that I want to see naked from my my class. Nah, it's there's one girl who I would, but she would definitely never land in porn. Sure. There's some women I could like see having grown up where I'm like, I'm shocked they haven't done porn or cam work. I could see them landing a couple of them doing cam work because people do cam work kind of on the side, on like quietly and they don't some people will do cam work and like not consider themselves sex workers and they're kind of this is the thing they do to to keep their writing habit going, that kind of stuff. Or sex workers embrace it. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I've had pr- plenty of friends once we started this show. They were like, Alice, when I had when I was down and I couldn't pay rent, I, you know, and they were guys who were coming to me and they were like, yeah, you know what? I did it. I had some guys pay for some stuff and I'm good yeah. again. And I said, you know what? That's fine. Who cares? You didn't have to tell me, but I'm, you know, I'm excited about knowing more sex workers in my life. I have a friend who's a lawyer who did sex work uh, when she was first out and, and, you know, hadn't made partner yet. And they're paying you shit to do all the same work. Like there's no shame in getting the bills paid and not leaving the comfort of your own home. <laughs> so what we're saying is, Gianmarco, this is not going to produce a lot of royalties when we put it on Pornhub. Got it, got it, got it. But if it does... <laughs> You will be the first to know that we were able to probably buy you a cup of coffee with it. Perfect. Thank you. Good times. But thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, so guys, uh, listen to us next week. Follow us on all the platforms. Follow me, Alice, at Rational Blonde. Follow Yvette. And we will see you next week. And leave us a five-star review. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.